Good afternoon. We get started. Uh, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mozeliak. And to begin, John has remarks, uh, some initial remarks to make, and then we'll get to Q&A. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Well, first off, thank you for all you guys showing up. I know it was short notice. Um, just wanted to begin by saying today is uh, November 21st. Uh, so please understand there's a lot of off season still to happen. And today is just part of that off season. Uh, topics for today, obviously I want to touch on signing of Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. I want to touch a little bit on uh, the roster turnover to date and also touch on the coaching staff. So to start, obviously we're excited to get both uh, Lance and Kyle signed. Both of those guys had high interest in, in wanting to be Cardinals, which is always a good sign. Um, Lance has been a part of St. Louis success in the past. Lance has the ability to eat innings. Lance has the skills to miss bats. Lance is a leader in the clubhouse, and I think our entire team will benefit from that. Kyle also expressed a lot of interest in being with the Cardinals. Kyle also has shown he has the ability to eat innings. Kyle's excited to join the Cardinals, and Kyle will be a great mentor and leader in our clubhouse. So both Lance and Kyle, they're positive additions to our rotation. Both will be great for our culture. Both are thrilled to be here in St. Louis, and both want to build on their past success. So now touching on the roster turnover real quick. Um, we removed 15 players from our 40-man roster. We added two free agents today. We added three from our system prior to the reserve list. Four of the players that we removed remain in our system. Leahy, Thomas, Naughton, and then we re-signed Wilkie Rodriguez. There's been a lot of churn, but that means we do not want to be complacent. And so more moves to come. Coaching staff. Dan Descalzo added as our bench coach. Um, first off, we were excited to get him. He was somebody that we've always had a lot of interest in when he left our organization, knew that he wanted to get back in, into coaching, and eventually when Arizona season ended, we finally reached out to them. That was really the delay. I always felt like when I was – our organization was playing in the postseason. I always hate it when people are asking for permission, so I always try to wait until teams are done. He's bright, high energy, and uh, knows what winning looks like. He will be respected by both players and staff, and we look forward to him joining the Cardinals. Joe McEwing, uh, obviously uh, he will transition to help in a variety of roles throughout our organization. His main responsibilities, though, will be to focus on player and staff development throughout our system. He's looking forward to this. He wants to learn, wants to grow, and is excited about the change. Additional staffing could still happen. We're still working through, through things. I don't want to get into specifics today, but we do look to add support to our Major League staff as the uh, offseason unfolds. I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on Yadier Molina. I get asked about it all the time. Um, he and I have spoken. Really the question is, he knows he's always gonna be welcome back, but it's just trying to work through what a role might look like and what the time commitment might look like. So more to come there. 
And finally, this is not the finish line. This is a day in time. There's still a lot of work to be done. And thank you. So, now we take questions. Unless there's none, and I'll get out of here. So, as you uh, add these two, and I don't know if you put specific numbers on pictures at this point, but do you believe you are still lacking a one, a two, and a three? Um, look, I think on any given day, that's your one. Um, I think that's the, the thing you have to realize about baseball. You play every day. Um, so to go out and just sign one elite pitcher and then do nothing else, that's not going to solve our problems. Our problems were getting deeper into games. And both these two gentlemen pitched a lot of innings last year. Um, you know, one did it on a very competitive team. One got traded to a very competitive club. And they, they both bring not only experience, but the ability to do that. And that's important. As I said, this is not the finish line. This is just a day. Um, I'm not going to predict what's going to happen over the next month or two months, but um, we know our work isn't finished. Mo, well, with the innings that they provide and the salaries that you got them for, have you created some flexibility there to pursue another starter? I hope so. That was the plan. I mean, you stressed the innings over and over to us in the GM meetings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is, there, is there a few point, like a number that's too high if somebody's out there? There was always the Gershwin and the few point. Is there well, I don't, a math that you guys won't cross? I mean, look, we still have to be responsible. Um, and I, I feel like this is always sort of a silly question. Don't be offended. But, um, you know, there – just because there's a number that we may or may not go over, but there's also is the player's desire to be here. Um, this is a two-way street. It's not just us throwing money at something and, and hopefully we can resolve it. Um, it's It's got to be mutual. It has to be someone that feels it's a fit here. I mean, that's why we identified these two players today because they truly wanted to be a part of the Cardinal organization. There are other players we talked to that were, you know, just looking at what the financial proxy might look like. So I think to try to boil it down into your statement is just it's just not fair because that's just not how it really works. And so as the off season continues, some more negotiations and more talks will happen, but we'll see where we end up. But we think today is a very good first step because the biggest thing we, we needed last year was definitely some innings and, and, and depth in that rotation. But you won't shy away from big well, go back, go back to Derek's point. Um, the reason we structured the deals we have was to give us some flexibility to keep moving on. Well, is there anything, obviously the age is a big part of it, but as far as the term of these contracts, um, we know the RSN situation, what that has a bit of an unknown on the horizon. Um, don't know what ticket sales are going to be like for this time of year, all that. Is the term of these contracts reflective of anything? Not, not really. Um, you know, we were happy we were able to achieve club options on both, so we could just see how this year goes, and um, obviously that gives you a little insurance for 2025 as well. well. Before the season ended, you said you saw a need to add three starters from outside to the rotation next year. Is that still where you stand, or do you think that based off of getting these guys locked up, you guys could focus on a bigger signing, a trade? Could you add? <clears throat> 
A fourth, did you say? You got four new pitchers for the rotation this season. Are you still thinking in terms of three? I'm still probably thinking more in terms of three based on how things are looking. Um, but I think the off season is very fluid. Things change. Um, you know, we haven't really taken a huge deep dive yet into the trade market. Um, so, you know, we'll allow that the next couple of weeks for that to percolate and see where that goes. But, um, you know, still looking to to ha add to this organization. So the guys you have locked up, um, is a $200 million contract for a starter possible for the right guy? You know, I think, like, again, that's a silly statement for me to weigh in on because what if the player just doesn't want to be here? And, you know, so... In this case, if he would, is that... The well, I, I, I think... I think uh, depends on terms, like how it's structured. Um, you know, obviously, uh, when you look at the future of our, our system right now, we don't have a lot of long-term commitments on the pitching side, but that's been very strategic in a lot of ways because, you know, injuries happen and things happen, but, um, you know, we're certainly going to remain open-minded as the offseason goes. At this point, in terms of filling out the rotation, does it work like this that your first priority would be to go the free agent route, but if that's not going to work and you don't find somebody who wants to come here, the next one would be a trade. Yeah, I don't think I want to get into like what my off-season strategy might look like or, or how to think about leveraging that. Um, but you know, like I said, today's one day. There's more off-season to head. Well, there's obviously a, another big name pitcher coming over from Japan that hosted yesterday bidding open today. He's not alone in that class. Could you speak to kind of where you think you are as an organization after the past, say, 12 months, after having an agent or a, a scout there, knowing the situation you've kind of broadened your, your, your presence there, the work over the last six years? Yeah, I think our, our breadth over in Asia has increased, but I think we've had a strong understanding of, of what those markets look like. Um, obviously, you know, traditionally, I, I think a lot of players like to end up on the coasts um, when they come over. But you know, we'll we'll allow time to determine that. Do you think that by investing your time or having somebody there, you can change that? Because you can't change your geography. But can you? Change I think you can help influence, but I don't know if you can change it dramatically. Okay. How about Lance specifically? What do you see? Body of work versus what he did last year. Well, obviously, uh, we think this ballpark will play better for him. Um, you know, he, he did give up a lot of home runs, so very well aware of that. Um, I think the other thing is is he wants to show that he can be better than that. Um, I think Lance with a chip is a good Lance, and I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder. And how about Kyle specifically? Just like his consistency and, you know, I think – when you look at both these guys, they, they understand what it's like to pitch at this level. They, they know what the expectations are. And, you know, there's a phrase we sometimes refer to as going pole to pole. And, you know, these guys understand that, and that's what this organization desperately needs. And are these two moves collectively kind of looking at where guys have been injured, you need some people you can just count on? Is that part of this? Well, you need, you need guys you can count on, but you need guys with experience. You need guys that can help younger guys understand what this is all about. Um, so I, I look at these guys as yes, they got to take the ball. Yes, they got to pitch deep in the games. But yes, they're also going to help some of our younger players. So I think they they check a lot of boxes for us. And look, the, the these guys weren't going to be here tomorrow. So 
you know, if we waited too long, then I just don't think we would have gotten the types of players we were looking for. For the narrative purpose, it's maybe always best to get your biggest addition first and then other ones in that order. This doesn't necessarily have to be the case in the offseason play out differently. Was there a sense of get guys who wanted to be here that you had interest in locked in so it could kind of free things up to focus on conversations that may take longer due to... Yeah, maybe the other... Yes, to answer your question. But the other way, the way we were approaching it is is we knew we need innings. And if we were just to go out and sign one good pitcher that was exciting, then where do we go to backfill? And some of the timing of, of this necessarily wouldn't go with us being patient. So to get two guys that, you know, almost collectively had an aggregate of 200 innings last year pitched, had we not acted on this this week, they're probably not here tomorrow. Whereas some of the upper-end pitchers are still out in the market. You guys have had success with veteran starters here, usually after the trade deadline in recent seasons. Do you sense there's some of that that can help these guys kind of bounce back as well? I what certainly hope so. I, 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 look, I think both these guys can help clubs, right? So you use the word bounce back. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I think these guys do want to show why they are where they are. Um, and first off, I think, you know, Kyle, pretty good pitcher last year. I mean, 195 innings in a league that's hard to do. Um, so I, I really feel like, you know, speaking with Ollie, Dusty, they do think they can help. Um, both these guys get to a, a, you know, further along with their career. But, you know, these guys know what they're doing. And they, they have a plan for what their strategy is. And I think that's what's important, right? You could have, we could have maybe gone and traded for someone that's, you know, two or three years of control, meaning, you know, two or years of experience in the big leagues. But, you know, we needed guys that could come in, have a presence, know what it's like, um, I mean, for all of you that spend time in our clubhouse, I mean, you, you witnessed it, and I think they're both the kind of guys that are going to help our clubhouse. What, if, what did you make of what Lance did between the time he left here until now? I mean, he not built with that last season, but before that, he had been one of the top 25 pitchers in baseball. Yeah, really good. And, you know, kind of a obviously must-have deception, um, obviously high IQ to pitch because, you know, it's, it's not with a lot of trick pitches. There's a lot of fastballs, knows where to spot it and how to use it, and that's impressive. Where does, uh, where does Kyle Gibson fit in the spectrum of almost Cardinals multiple times? Uh, go back to the draft, yeah. right? Out of Mizzou, so. I mean, he's a guy who had lots of talks. Many times, yeah. Some trades, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you've said like two or three times this is not the finish line. Do you anticipate at least two more starting pitchers? Well, as I said, it's not the finish line, Frank. I'm not going to anticipate anything. There's lots of things that can happen between now and spring training, lots of things that could happen between now and opening day, lots of things that could happen between now and the trading deadline. Do you think position-wise you're pretty set like this offseason is almost all about pitching? Are there other things potentially? I definitely think our energy upstairs has been, like I said at the beginning, pitching, pitching, pitching. Two areas of the roster where you usually maintain depth is pitching and catching. You made decisions with non-tenders that cost you some depth. Could you explain some of the, those two decisions with 
Hudson and then particularly with Kisner because you had a little bit more flexibility there with Herrera's options? Right. Um, starting with, with that move, I just felt like there just wasn't much left for Herrera to prove at AAA. I mean, he, he checked a lot of boxes in 2023 when you think about what we asked him to do, both offensively and defensively. And I think that it can become pretty crushing if you never get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I think we were on that precipice of, of maybe losing him if we just didn't give him a path. And then I really would also say, like, uh, Paez, the catcher, has a really good defensive catcher. So we felt like we had protection there. So, yes, we took away from the depth, but we thought we had depth. So I think your argument on the pitching side makes a lot of sense because here we are looking for it, yet we gave up guys we had control over that um, we could have used. But, candidly, um, my point of the roster churn was just that. I think we have to try to find ways to get better. And even though these might seem like small or insignificant moves, um, I think we, we can add more depth that we feel like we can trust more and uh, create more opportunity for. How difficult was the Dakota Hudson decision? I mean, it's tough, but reality is, is uh, you know, a one-to-one strikeout to walk rate, is, it's, it's just really hard to have success at this level. Well, when Frank asked about like the position of a rotation one, two, three, I get that the like the guy you're counting on that day needs to be that. Um, do you think there's do you think there's real value in having a clear base to a rotation? Do you think there's value in having a guy you know is? I don't know. I've been part of teams that have had declared aces yeah. that have won, and I've been a part of teams that didn't and still won. I think. You got to always remind yourself it's 162. Well, I was going to elaborate on it. It's like, is it more important to have a game one start? Like, in the sense of this is the guy you go to to start the playoff? Well, I know where you're going with it, but that's why I said you got to play 162 first. Okay. It's great to plan for October, but it doesn't do you a lot of good if you don't get there. Sure, sure. In the notion of having a pitcher like that. Right. Well, someone may emerge, someone may be signed, someone may be traded for. Again, day one. Yeah. Which of the people that are not like in your rotation right now of the young players do you believe has a chance to be special right now in the organization? Well, we like a lot of our young players. Um, I think that the, the difference between this offseason and what we did last year was we gave a lot of the younger players that opportunity versus this year we want to go in with a little bit more certainty and have that veteran presence. Uh, obviously, we still want camp to have some competitive side to it. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Zach Thompson, he pitched well, um, but you know, he still has to establish himself. Whereas what we did today with like a Lance Lynn and a Kyle Gibson is we brought two guys in that, that know how to do it, what to do, and why they're doing it. And so I think just the, the approach of last year versus this year is just different. Again, young players may emerge. They may, uh, they may surprise us. Um, obviously, somebody like a Graceffo may end up coming into camp, open up eyes, or might be someone that ends up in our bullpen. But what we don't want to end up doing is saying we we're counting on X, Y, and Z, and then we're ended up being disappointed. And so we're trying to get a, a little bit more sure-handed, a little bit more bird in hand, so we know that when we go out and play each day, 
we have a chance with that starter. Along those lines, you, you've given certainty to innings with these two guys. And you talk about the comfort you have with your everyday lineup. What level of certainty do you have on the back end of the Do you see that as moving pieces? Do you see that as a place? Uh, I do like our uh, the back end. Um, obviously, we had injuries last year, which, which makes that a challenge. Um, I think we had a couple guys adapting to the pitch clock, too. So I think they'll be better situated as we look at 2024. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do a few things in the bullpen between now and uh, uh, spring training. So, you know, certainly uh, if we can add something to that, we think that would be smart. Do you think what you have there is a good place to build from as opposed to the needs to fill? Well, I, I, I think there's some holes. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, obviously I think we can backfill with some of our internal guys. But, again, it's just, you know, trying to think about how strong do you really want to be when you enter. So um, plenty of time. We're going to keep working on it. At this point, is it fair to say Molina wouldn't be a candidate for a day-to-day in uniform 162 type job? I don't think I want to characterize that right now. Um, I think we're, we're still talking, and we'll see where that goes. And how much of the coaching staff, potential changes, current changes, is to kind of give Ollie an assist? There's a lot of names that were there next to him in 2022 that weren't there last year. How much of it is to kind of give him some strong voices as well? Well, I think it's it's really what he desires in terms of like what does he feel he needs for that type of support. And there's some things that that aren't all that exciting to talk about where the staff felt like they needed some help. So those are things we're also trying to address and we're either gonna do it from internal promotions or maybe open a few jobs up for external look. Well we're, we, you talked about guys come over from um, what's your view of a pitcher who's very successful there, their ability to come over and replicate that success in the major? Is it to the point now where you can look at success there and say there's a pretty good chance that transfers over? <clears throat> oh, to be back on that, what's the competition like now for a star player making that jump compared to maybe what it was not that long ago in terms of other teams believing in that? Yeah, I think I think from like the analytical world, I think most teams now have more confidence in understanding what performance looks like there to how it translates into performance here. So that gives I think everybody a little stronger or more confidence in decision making. Um, so there's that, and I also think there's been enough players that have come back and forth where you know domestic players here have gone over there, and you can watch how they perform versus um, players coming over from Japan or Korea here where we feel like there's enough sample size where you can have that confidence. Secondly, I think when you look at even the WBC and those types of tournaments, how they compete, those teams compete on the national level or the world stage, and I think that gives you a little bit of an idea of, of how that will look as well. So, um, And needless to say, you know, there's been some players that have come from Japan that have had, you know, massive success here and, and so that gives you confidence that they can play at the highest level and be part of the highest level. Well, are, there, are there deals that leap beyond baseball and go to brand building like that, that aren't just a pure baseball cost decision and then you factor in to the growth of what the, the business model or the team could do as far as opening up in markets um, it's certainly something that, yeah, we could think about or think through. And, um, you know, obviously you even just look at somebody like Newt Bar's success right. or maybe popularity in Japan. 
is there something that you know we could be leveraging for that? Um, so, you know, our business side is certainly looking at those things. So it's seen as an investment, not just in a baseball decision. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been here for a lot of winning. Last year, obviously, it was stunning. How is this offense? Stunning. Is that startling. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> Stunningly disappointing. But you're the you're the face. You know, at this point, the turnaround, the fix, and how much pressure do you feel to kind of get it right after what did happen? Oh, I certainly feel pressure. Um, Good pressure. Not sleeping well at night, but we'll someday get our head down that pillow. But no, look, it's uh, like I get it. It's the city cares, and uh, you, you know, I think like I, I hope it's just not viewed strictly on like splashes versus like let the games be played. But you know, I I, I do believe in this team. Um, I said that last year, so I guess my credibility's low, but. You know, I do think uh, our everyday club is good. Now we have to just make sure we complement it with the right pitching. To touch on that, everyday club is good. Is there a resistance, and I can understand so, to not lean toward trades to keep that offensive kind of momentum that you guys have found intact? Well, I didn't say we weren't leaning towards trades. I just said we haven't explored much I mean, of the trade market. I said, was there a momentum to not lean toward trades to keep that intact? Not no, not necessarily. I mean, like. Again, like, I always feel those are silly questions. Like, would you trade X for Y? What if Y is awesome? And you would, right? Like, so, like, you just never know what that market may unfold. Understood. I guess there are seasons where you can say we're looking more at trades than free agents. Okay. And vice versa. And I didn't know if one of the reasons you guys would look more toward free agency is because you feel like you've got some offensive traction that you wouldn't want to tap into. No, well, I just don't feel like we could go into this offseason saying we're going to trade for pitching at the volume of pitching we need. Could we still trade for a pitcher? Of course. But could we trade for four or three or five? Probably not. All right, guys. You guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming. Oh, you're not talking to us later this week? That's over. That's over. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Thanksgiving. Day one, we're ready for day two. No way. Show some patience.